Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, lead teacher, blogger, and founder of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. Hi, everyone. I'm Wardy, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I am Wardy. I'm from Traditional Cooking School by Ganalflins, and welcome to the weekly show where I answer your questions about traditional cooking. Sometimes we go off on little rabbit trails or big ones in the case of today's topic that really relate to food and nutrition and our lifestyle and what we the choices we make every day. And and today's topic is hormones. It's a big one. Um, I want to welcome you before we get into it. Thank you for being here live or checking this out later. Um, if you are live on Facebook Live, Millie is right there in the comments, pasting links as I mention things. Wherever you're watching this though, please um, know that all the notes in today's uh, episode has a lot of them, a lot of links, a lot of explanations and quotes. Hi there. Um, is all at askwardy.tv. You just look for episode 76. So I'm just telling you up front that today we're going to cover a lot of ground and that is one you're going to want to bookmark, save, and share. Of course, you can share this video. Please do subscribe, comment, like, and all that, but definitely go to askwardy.tv. Look for episode 76 and bookmark, share, save as a PDF, whatever you need to do, the notes, because they are going to be really important to reference from here on out, okay? Um, as you're coming on live, make sure to share in the comments what you're sipping on, your first name, and where you're from. I love to hear, and thank you all so much for sharing, liking, and commenting on these episodes. It really is good feedback for me. It makes me enjoy doing this very much. As you know, we meet every Wednesday, so um, if you're brand new this time, welcome. If you're a returning um visitor slash reader, welcome back. I'm so thrilled you're here. We've got sipping filtered water. Uh, we've got a, a green smoothie. Yum. Good for you guys. Okay, so let's get into today's topic. Um, it starts with several weeks back. I posted on Facebook and I sent an email to all our readers and subscribers and I said, what do you need to know about women's health? And I got so, so many replies, hundreds of them, in fact. And I am answering one in particular today, but I'm going to read you several. But it starts with Nicole G. She said, how crazy you should ask. My hormones are crazy. I am sad, fatigued, can't focus, have acne, mood swings, you name it. I went to my OB yesterday and she wrote me a prescription for birth control saying that will help. Obviously, I am not excited about putting that in my body. So I am desperate to find something else. I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts and ideas on this topic. Thank you. God bless. Well, God bless you, Nicole. You weren't the only one, even though I just quoted you, you weren't the only one to give me replies like this. And I want to share a few more similar responses. Gail O answered that she wants to know the truth about menopause. There are so many myths out there and women do not freely discuss it. Another member said, this one is heartbreaking. She said, I just gave up. 
My sex life came to an end in my mid-40s, three years after removal of uterus and ovaries. They never talk about that. I'm so mad that modern medicine is so quick to think removal of our reproductive organs is the solution. And there's even more. Um, one member said she wants to know about natural hormone replacements. She's had a complete hysterectomy with ovaries removed. And in reply, someone said, I have too. And it's very difficult to find info about what to do without ovaries. And another said, this is me too. I'm so sad. I had a total hysterectomy. I took myself off of Premarin, which is a conventional hormone replacement drug. And I'm really battling hot flashes and decreased sex drive. This is just scratching the surface. Um, and if I wasn't, well, my heart breaks and I've shed tears over you all. I am so sad, but I'm really thankful for the opportunity that we can talk about these things. And that's what we're going to do today, because I think that life is hard enough already. And when we're struggling with all the symptoms that come from hormone issues, these are the things we don't need to hear from family friends, well-meaning family friends, or even the medical community. They say, oh, it's just PMS, you'll get over it. You're just emotional. Take birth control. You just need to eat better, which it's true, sometimes we do need to eat better. Um, you're getting old, and that's just what happens. Can't do anything about it. Um, or a hysterectomy will make you feel better. And as you just heard previously, so many women feel a different kind of worse after having that kind of surgery. Me, I've been doing a lot of research on this subject, um, and I'm doing a, a lot of living with this subject because I myself have ha am having hormone issues. So the bottom line for me, and that I hope all of us are on the same page with, is that when your hormones are off, everything is off in your life. Things just don't go right. Um, and so that's why on today's Ask Wardy, we're going to scratch the surface to simplify um, our understanding of the sex hormones, and I'm also going to give you resources to guide you in balancing them. Again, this is an exhaustive topic, um, and uh, so the notes are ready for you. AskWardy.tv, episode 76. So the question really is based on Nicole's question and all the other needs of our members, just ask and readers asking for help with sex hormone balancing. And my answer here is first to get us a good understanding of how the sex hormones work. And so this is for Nicole and Gail and all of you other special women friends. I'm gonna start with saying that hormones are very complicated and it often takes working with a qualified healthcare practitioner to get to the bottom of it and to do real solutions. That doesn't negate the necessity that we all be very informed and do our research into the possibilities that are out there. We want to come to our healthcare provider with a lot of information that we've already gathered and read through so that we can ask intelligent questions and so we can evaluate the things that they tell us. Every doctor has a unique thing and they have things they don't like to do and things they do like to do and things they think they work well and things they think they think don't work well. So if we come as a blank slate, possible we might miss something. We want to be part of that equation of that dialogue and discussion with our doctors. Having said all that, even though it is complex and I think that deep-seated issues uh, need um, participation with a healthcare practitioner, I do still think that much of it can be simplified and so that's what we're going to do today is I'm going to just try to break it down and simplify it so that we have a good understanding of the sex hormones so that we can be prepared when we have these discussions with our doctors. And I think also beyond understanding how sex hormones work, because that's the topic of today's Ask Wardy, this is just one piece of a 
big puzzle that involves the body. There's the adrenal hormone system, the thyroid hormone system, there's the health of the gut, there's our brains, there is so many aspects to this. So it's all related and you want to keep that in mind when you're working with someone or doing your research so that you or your practitioner are looking at the complete picture, okay? Having said that, we're going to go into this simplification of the sex hormones because this is the area where most women are off balance, okay? It doesn't mean the adrenals and the thyroids. Thyroid isn't involved, very well could be, but we're going to start with the most common imbalances, okay? And that's the three main sex hormones. And like I said before, AskWordy.tv has all the notes and links that I'm mentioning. And because there's so many, I don't want to forget everything. So I am really relying on my notes today. So please forgive me. Um, I don't want to miss anything. I also don't want to mess anything up because I've done a lot of reading and research on this and I want to make sure to convey the right information to you. So females have three main sex hormones and they have to do with energy, vitality, sex drive, fertility, um, all of that. And the three main sex hormones are progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone. You may be saying, testosterone? What? Men have testosterone. Yes, men have like 10 times more than women, but women actually have more testosterone at the peak of their vitality than they do the estrogen or progesterone. And testosterone is so important in a woman's youthfulness. So it has to be considered when we talk about this. Now I'm going to quote from a really good book. It's by Dr. John Lee. He's the pioneer behind bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. It's a book called Hormone Balance Made Simple. There is a link below this video. It's inexpensive and I think everyone should have it. Um, here's what he says about those three main sex hormones. Estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone are the three hormones that are most often out of balance in women. They are made by your ovaries and in much smaller amounts by your adrenal glands. These three are also called steroid hormones or sex hormones. That's the topic of today. Progesterone helps the female body regulate its menstrual cycles. It's essential for creating and maintaining a pregnancy. It balances the effects of estrogen and most of your other hormones are made from it. Estrogen is the hormone that makes you female, endowing you with breasts, hips, menstrual periods, soft skin, and a higher pitched voice. DHEA is a precursor to testosterone, so now we're talking about testosterone, and the estrogens, meaning that the testosterone and estrogens are made from it, DHEA. DHEA is made primarily in the adrenal glands and is essential for protein building and repair. DHEA levels decline dramatically as we age, making it a primary biomarker of aging. Androgens are male hormones, including testosterone and androstenedione, if I pronounce that right. DHEA is often considered an androgen, but converts readily to estrogen in many women. And I would add DHEA will convert either to testosterone or estrogen in women. So backing up to the beginning of that quote, hope you noticed that the three hormones, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone are the hormones most often out of balance in women. So that's why we're starting with this. Now I want to introduce you to a concept called the aging cascade. And I read about this from another doctor. Her book is called The Secret Female Hormone, How Testosterone Replacement Can Change Your Life. Her name is Kathy Maupin. This is fascinating and it was mind-blowing for me to read this stuff. 
Every woman starts the aging cascade at around 40 years of age when she begins the transition from the reproductive to the post-reproductive stage of her life. The aging cascade is simply the loss of three hormones one after the other, and I bet you can guess which ones. Testosterone is the first to go, then progesterone, then estradiol which estradiol is one of the three forms of estrogen in our bodies, and it's the form that's made by young women. Going on with this aging cascade, and I'll just summarize here, but the full quote, which you definitely want to read or bookmark or copy and paste, is at askwardy.tv episode 76. So testosterone deficiency, because testosterone is the first to start declining, um, begins by adversely affecting physical appearance. Around the age of 40, women's bodies change and age they no longer have perky breasts, the waistlines disappear so they get thick, um, their muscles are no longer toned, their facial features start to sag. And this would be called TDS, testosterone deficiency syndrome. It's also characterized by emotional changes. Okay, now that happens like early 40s, 38 and 40. Um, unpredictable progesterone production begins when women are in their 40s and early 50s. The ovaries stop regularly ovulating, which eliminates progesterone production on a month-to-month -month basis, so you'll have fluctuating progesterone levels. They do fluctuate anyway, but you'll have more irregularity. This causes a periodic loss of progesterone and increased production of estradiol, the estrogen made by young women again, and as women age and go through menopause, they make less estradiol and begin to make estrone. And estrone is the form of estrogen that's called the old lady estrogen. So the second step of this aging cascade is the loss of progesterone. It's often called estrogen dominance or unopposed estrogen. The loss of progesterone means that there's nothing to balance estrogen. And that's a key in our hormone balancing is that our at certain times of the month that our progesterone balances the estrogen. If it's not in balance, we get PMS and all kinds of other things. And, I'll, and her quote is saying this now. Symptoms of inadequate progesterone include irregular periods, heavy bleeding, PMS, breast enlargement and tenderness, bloating, swelling, poor sleep, mood swings. They can occur at any age. However, PMS occurs universally among women after testosterone production falls. So we're talking about the 40s and early 50s. Now, so we've talked about testosterone and then progesterone, progesterone falls off and now we have estradiol. It's the third and final hormone we lose in the aging cascade and everything that comes with feeling old. It triggers symptoms of menopause, dry vagina, painful intercourse, recurrent urinary tract infections, anxiety, poor sleep, and hot flashes. A lot of women know a lot about menopause, but not about the other things that um, Dr. Maupin just covered. Now, we've been talking about uh, women ages of 40 and up, but it's interesting to note that even younger women can have these ex can experience these drop-offs in hormone balances, imbalances, because it's not just triggered by getting to a certain age, it's actually triggered by um, serious illness or trauma in life. So you could have adrenal failure or thyroid disease, you could have premature menopause, you could have removal of ovaries early in life, you could use birth control pills, and that will trigger this kind of aging cascade that the doctor is talking about. Okay, so that's kind of setting the groundwork for as you hit a certain age, these hormones just start 
Well, if you're young and you have something bad happen, you can have imbalances that are forced to happen. But as you age, you have this aging cascade where your testosterone drops off and then your progesterone fluctuates and then your estrogen, okay? And each of these hormones has different symptoms when out of balance. And I just went through some of them. You know, we've got looking old, feeling old, PMS, heavy bleeding, anxiety, hot flashes, thickened waistline, thinning hair. Um, it really adds up to feeling awful, right? So if you're listening or watching this, maybe you're saying, yes, I'm feeling these things. Oh my goodness. Well, the way you're feeling reveals a lot. When you work with a doctor, they're also going to recommend that you do, probably, they're going to recommend that you do hormone testing to follow up and sort of um, confirm the things that you're feeling and maybe tie them to specific levels. And I think that's a good idea. The way you feel says a lot, and then you back it up by hormone testing. Um, I've always heard for years that saliva testing is the best for testing your hormones. Recently, I've talked to a doctor who thinks saliva tests aren't as good as urine and blood. So there's various ways to test your hormones, and I think probably all of them have some good points. And so when you work with your doctor, um, you know, you could ask for alternative tests or you could go with what they recommend that gives them the most information. I also want to say something else about when you're working with a doctor. Um, some doctors go just by the numbers. So you do a test and they say, well, you're within normal range, so can't do anything. Well, you want a doctor that's going to um, place validity on how you feel. Certain people feel great at standard numbers and certain people feel awful at the standard numbers. So it's really important that if you're selecting a doctor for this, that you, in fact, one of the questions we go by when choosing a doctor is just to ask, do you go by the numbers only or do you consider how we feel um, when, when embarking on um, treatment plans? And so we always choose a doctor who says how you feel is important. We're going to go by that and go by relieving your symptoms, okay? So we've had an understanding of the sex hormones, talked about, you know, choosing a doctor. And maybe you come to the point where you or, um, or your, you and your doctor together have concluded that your hormones are off. Well, what can you do about it? Of course, you're going to go with listening at least to what your doctor recommends. But here's where your own research comes into play. And I'm going to tell you some of the things that are important that I think are important, what you can do when your hormones are off, okay? First is lifestyle and nutrition. That's like the low-hanging fruit. Those can have a huge impact on how you feel. Maybe not to get you completely back to normal, but they are key parts that without these things, you can't heal, okay? So you want to support your sex hormone balancing through the way you live and the way you eat. You want to avoid the hormones that are rampant in our water supply, in our cosmetic products, in plastics, in conventional meats. We actually talked about this on a previous Ask Wardy. It was episode 73. We talked about the xenohormones that were in conventional meats. So check that out. You want to follow a nutrient-dense traditional food diet. So broth and fermented foods, pastured meats, healthy fats, organic fruits and veggies, properly prepared grains, beans, nuts, and seeds. Um, and I have links to all of those things for you at askwardy.tv. This is episode 76. Also, you want to check out the free traditional cooking video series that I'm offering um, that introduces you to some of these uh, traditional food prep methods. So if you haven't already gone through that, it's completely free, and you can follow a link with this video to sign up for that. 
Also, avoid refined and processed foods, so sugar and white flour and trans fats and processed veggie oils. Just get those out of your diet. You want to exercise. And for women in particular, if you can, it's preferable that you add lifting weights um, into your exercise routine because lifting weights can uh, help you retain or, or boost your muscle mass, can help with your bone density, and it can help boost your testosterone naturally. And that's really, really important for women. I have a link to a podcast talking all about weightlifting for women. So check that out in the links with this uh, recording. Reduce your stress. I don't know what stress looks like for your life. Um, it could be saying yes to way too many things. It could be um, staying up late, getting up early. It could be too much screen time. It could be reading the news. It could be... Um, some relationships that you actually have a choice over whether or not you engage in them. Uh, anyway, there's so many ways that stress affects your life. And so you want to have a hard look at your own life and the, the, the stressors and figure out what you can change so you can reduce stress. Stress has a huge impact on health. Um, reduce or eliminate stimulants like caffeine. So you don't want to be running on empty. You, you want to um, have natural energy boosting foods and uh, not using stimulants that are just a false sense of being amped up um, and that also really um, really have a negative impact on um, like your adrenals, for instance, your adrenal glands. And if you have areas of deficiency, like the ones that come to mind for women in particular would be vitamin D, iron if you're a heavy bleeder, um, magnesium, uh, vitamin B12. If you have any deficiencies like that, you want to address them through diet and or supplementation. I have links for you at this uh, recording, askwardy.tv. Uh, you could also look into adaptogenic herbs like ashwagandha and maca. So those are kind of lifestyle and nutrition things to look at if your hormones are off balance. Now, if your hormones are perfect, you want to keep up with those things so that you can stay on top, right? Um, I do want to say about the supplementation. If you're supplementing with things like vitamin D3 or iron, that's something that I personally choose to uh, test fairly regularly because um, you can easily go over. So you want to make sure that you're supplementing with the right amount to maintain good health in that. Now, unfortunately, even though all those things are great and important and everyone should be doing them, Sometimes it's not enough to balance hormones. And that's why we're going to get into now considering bioidentical hormone replacement. Going back to Dr. Lee in that book I mentioned earlier, Hormone Balance Made Simple. He explains what bioidentical hormone replacement is as compared to conventional hormone replacement. So he says hormones are called natural or bioidentical if they are exact duplicates of what your body makes. In other words, the molecular structure of a natural hormone is identical to that of the hormones made by your body. This is an important distinction because the hormones typically handed out by your doctor are not natural. Some of them are completely man-made and are found nowhere in nature, and others, notably Premarin, which one of our um, readers mentioned, are made from the urine of pregnant mares. Hormones do very complex and specific jobs in the body by fitting into the part of your cells called receptors, much the same way that a key fits into a lock. Once the hormone is in the receptor, it gives the cell instructions, and if the molecular structure is different, even by one atom, the instructions given to the cell are different. Hormones that aren't natural to your body give instructions that can be harmful. That's why um, people that are on conventional hormones 
get a whole slew of symptoms that are like, whoa, I don't want to take this because it's even it's just another kind of worse. Okay, so um, I just want to stop for a moment and just address this issue because I know it's controversial. People are like, oh, I don't want to take bioidentical hormones even. That's not natural. Well, this is just my opinion. So everybody has to weigh this out for themselves. But an aging person, and as we read earlier, a woman over the age of 40 is experiencing aging. Acceler, it's the aging cascade. An aging person who is not producing some or all of these hormones anyway, and whose quality of life would greatly improve if they were replaced, might consider using bioidentical hormones under the care of an experienced physician. That's my opinion, okay? And in the same way, another opinion I have is a young person who experiences a setback, like we talked about early, adrenal fatigue or being forced into menopause because of removal of organs. Um, anyway, if, they, if a young person experiences a big setback like those that causes premature aging or hormone imbalances, so they might consider using bioidentical hormones to restore balance, but hopefully not permanently. Now, some young people, it is permanent, depending on the setback. Conventional medicine has been prescribing hormone replacement therapy, which you call HRT, for years, yet that's what should be avoided. Instead, consider bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, which I you go by the acronym BHRT for bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. You do want to do your own research. You can read books like I've got linked for you at AskWardy.tv, the ones I'm mentioning, um, and work with a doctor who's knowledgeable and supportive of BHRT bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. So I just want to, um, I know we're covering so much ground here. Hopefully you're all with me. Um, again, the notes are ready for you. So you could come back to it later, listen to it again, watch this again, askwardy.tv episode 76. I just want to talk now about the forms of bioidentical hormones because um, it matters how they're delivered. And there's a lot of different forms. And it's a personal thing also. Some of them, I think, are just no good for anybody. Um, but depending on your lifestyle or just your body's makeup, there's forms that will work better for you than others, and conversely. So we're going to talk about the delivery methods just so you get an understanding of this. So you can um, get bioidentical hormones through injections, so needle and syringe. The doctor can do it, or he may prescribe you a vial and give you a supply of syringes, and you do it at home. Um, basically you're injecting the hormone into the fat layer that's between the skin and the muscle. Some of them have you injecting, I think maybe into the muscle, but I, I think the going way now is into the fat layer. Um, there are hormones that can be taken orally, just swallowed. You can do what's called a trochee or a sublingual pellet. So you put it under the tongue and you keep it there as long as possible because there's a delivery point right there. And if you can get a ton of it to be just delivered and skip the whole digestive system, you get an instant release. Um, there's pellets that are actually surgically embedded under the skin and they are released over time. Um, and you have transdermal gels or skin creams and that's what's applied to the skin. And then um, like over the course of, well, I guess the rule is like by the time four hours has passed, as long as you haven't sweated it off or touch somebody that after the, by about four hours you have maximum absorption of that hormone into the fat um, under your skin. Okay so those are all the types. I haven't heard anything good about the embeddable pellets. 
um, the oral form that you that you swallow has drawbacks, and it's called the first pass thing. And that's because if you swallow it, it goes through the, the digestive system, and it actually goes to the liver first. And most of it is like metabolized and excreted elsewhere, and your body can't use it. Now, that's a downside of it, but there are... Um, benefits to it and that's something where you might discuss with your doctor and might conclude that the oral is best for you okay so just because it has a drawback doesn't mean it's not going to work for somebody and then the other ones would be injections sublingual which is under the tongue or the transdermal cream um, and orals really in this category it really comes down to your lifestyle and your desired delivery so like the cream for instance if there's young children around, you can't do the cream when you're having skin-to-skin -skin contact, or you can't do it on parts of your body where you're gonna have skin-to-skin -skin contact with children or babies, or even your spouse who doesn't need that hormone. So that's where lifestyle really comes into play. So you use other parts in your body or maybe choose a different delivery form. This is a discussion with your doctor. And also, um, I do have a link for you at askwardy.tv with these show notes to give you um, more information on these delivery forms and it's written by a practitioner who has experience with patients and I think she says you know she gives examples and things so she can give you a better understanding she also talks about vaginal or rectal delivery which I don't I didn't even mention yet okay I just do think that overall you do want to work with a doctor if possible on this because when you start doing bioidentical hormone replacement therapy you could have symptoms like maybe sudden headaches or sleeplessness and you want to know if that's normal if you can get through it or if it if it means your doctor says well you need to change the dose or the delivery form these are all things that you want to have an open conversation with your doctor concerning okay um, because a lot of the questions that I received had to do with women who have had hysterectomies um, so uterus and or ovaries removed, probably the big question you're wondering if you're one of those is, well, does, is this even an option for me? Yes, it absolutely is. And the books that I've linked as well as doctors are going to know what works and what doesn't work for you. Really, the issue is that hormone, some hormones are produced in the ovaries. So if you don't have ovaries, that's going to affect the delivery dosage and what hormones you need. So that's why you want to refer to um, more specific information for your use cases. And Dr. Lee's books that I've linked at the show notes, askwardy.tv, episode 76, they have information about this. If you have your uterus, if you don't have your uterus, but you do have your ovaries. If you don't have your uterus oh, your, or your ovaries, and they kind of go through that stuff. So make sure to check those out um, because your research is going to tell you stuff and then a knowledgeable doctor, of course, is going to know what's going to work for your situation. Okay, you might now be wondering, well, where do I get bioidentical hormones anyway? Okay, so if you do your own research, there's a lot that you can get over the counter. You cannot get testosterone over the counter, though. It's a controlled substance, requires a prescription. Uh, if you're working with a doctor, they very likely have a relationship with a compounding pharmacy. Compounding pharmacy, my understanding is they're just mixing up um, prescriptions kind of to order. So they would put a certain... Um, uh, concentration of a hormone in a cream and then you know put it for you to put on your skin okay anyway if you have a doctor who's connected to a compounding pharmacy you have excellent options um, and I want to show you some examples so like this is transdermal cream 
that's in syringe and it's not a needle syringe it just has this blue cap okay on the on the top of it and you push the plunger down according to the numbers on the side for what your doctor says, you know, how much your dose is. And the benefit of getting this kind of thing through a compounding pharmacy rather than a health food store is that the things they come in can give you very accurate dosing. And then, of course, your doctor can tell you exactly how much to do. So this is an example of what comes from a compounding pharmacy, just a transdermal cream that you spread on of um, bioidentical hormones. This is an over-the-counter that I used to use before I had the um, prescription, okay? And this is Progest, um, progesterone cream. Now, you do have to be careful. There's a whole bunch of brands. There's all kinds of these at the health food store, and so you want to make sure they're good. So that's why I have another quote to read for, to you. Um, if you conclude, you know, you're just going to try some things on your own based on what you read. You're not going to go to a doctor yet. We want to be careful of the preparations that you buy at the health food store. So this is from Dr. Lee, and it's specifically regarding progesterone, but you can probably find similar information if you're going to purchase estrogen, okay? So you can find progesterone creams in most health food stores these days, but many contain little to no real progesterone, so buyer beware. Regardless of the source, be sure you're getting the real thing. If the label says wild yam extract, don't buy the product without confirming that it contains progesterone and not the so-called progesterone precursors such as diostenin, if that's pronounced right. His books, Dr. Lee's books, they're linked to the show notes, have lists up to the time of printing of brands that they know have good progesterone. And, and they possibly have lists with estrogen too. So you could refer to that. And this one I know is good. It's on the list in his book. So if you're looking for a progesterone cream, this is one that I know is good. Okay, it's Progest. Um, the brand is Emerita. It's on Amazon. I do have a link for you at the show notes. And the, th the thing with this really, though, is the dosing. So like a dime size amount is supposedly the physiologic amount of 20 milligrams per day, which is... When, when a female's body is producing progesterone, she produces 20 milligrams per day. So a dime size amount is the physiologic dose. It doesn't mean you get it all because, you know, you never have complete absorption. But anyway, that's just a place to start. So I do want to, again, remind you, AskWordy.tv, episode 76, where this is all typed out for you. Um, tried to make it really simple so that you understand the sex hormones, you understand bioidentical hormones and why they're different from conventional, you understand diet and lifestyle choices that you want to make to support, either to balance or keep in balance your hormones, uh, the forms of bioidentical and, and whatnot. I do have some final thoughts for you um, from my experience and things I've read. Anytime you're embarking on hormone balancing, whether it's diet, lifestyle, nutrition, or bioidentical hormones, you need to start slowly, allow for several months for your body to get in balance um, and to heal. And if you're doing something with bioidenticals, you want to aim to use the lowest dose possible while also relieving your symptoms. So that means you might start high and reduce. It means you might just start at the physiologic dose and keep with it for a long enough time so that your body builds up the amount it needs so that you don't have PMS or whatever symptoms you're experiencing. And I'm not a doctor, so that's why it's so important for you to talk to a doctor because I'm sharing from my experience um, starting places for your research, things that I've learned, 
and you need to make those choices for yourself, um, hopefully in concert with a doctor. Um, so start slowly, allow several months for your body to respond and get in balance and aim to use the lowest dose possible for the relief. You're going to read more about dosing and ideas in the books I'm linking, also talking to your doctor, and always back up the supplementation, whether it's supplements or it's bioidentical hormones, with good nutrition and lifestyle habits. Because as we all know, if you don't eat right, if you don't live right, you can undo so many gains um, from other things you're doing, right? I mean, the whole picture is so important. I can tell you a little bit my, about myself. I've had testing done, I'm working with couple different doctors just consulting and myself low progesterone low androgens and so that's what I'm working to correct for myself and I think there's so much more to say but hopefully this just simple course through the sex hormones ways to balance how to get bioidenticals if you want that has been helpful um, if you have comments additional questions you want to leave comments at the post or below the video that you're watching uh, if you have future questions for Ask Wardy that are unrelated to this, you can submit them to me. That's the hashtag, Ask Wardy. You can do it on Twitter. My handle is at TradCookSchool. You can also send an email, Wardy, W-A-R-D-E-E, -E, at AskWardy.tv. I do, in particular, um, want to keep the discussion of hormones with this video, with the Ask Wardy post. So if it's related, please do keep it there so that everybody who comes along can benefit. Um, if you have something personal to add, though, feel free to email it. Um, and if you have an unrelated question, of course, that would go elsewhere, if that makes sense. You might be wondering, does this work for men too? Okay, well, not the exact same things work for men, but there is bioidentical hormone replacement therapy for men. I've got a book linked for you at the show notes, just one place to start. The, one of the main issues with men is testosterone. Another thing is if you're over 40 and you want more help, guidance from experts, you know, not necessarily making an appointment with a doctor, but there's an online event coming up soon where there will be nutritionists and doctors and experts, 30 of them presenting. It's called Hormone Balance After 40. There's a link um, with this video, but I'll tell it to you right now, tradcookschool.com slash after 40. After 40 is one word. It happens in June. Uh, you want to register. It is free. And how it works is it's uh, over the course of probably about a week and every day there's going to be a couple expert talks that are up for 24 hours that you can access free and they cover things like how to increase your metabolism um, get your energy back um, increase your sex drive you know all the things that we experience the lack of when our hormones are out, out of balance that's what they're going to be addressing um, and it's doctors and nutritionists and really experts on this I don't consider myself an expert today I'm here talking to you from my own experience and research um, that's why it's so important to talk to a doctor or check out this online conference. It'll give you way more information, okay? So again, the link is with this video. Uh, it's tradcookschool.com after 40. And I just highly recommend that any woman that's over 40 check it out. Because as we talked about before in the aging cascade, uh, hormone levels are going to decline. They're just going to decline. And they have effects real effects that mess with our uh, quality of life in our relationships. And there is nothing wrong with trying to fix those things and have a happier, more vital life. Okay, um, so there's so many links for all of you. I'll just refer you one more time to askwardy.tv. Look for episode 76 to get 
the free traditional cooking video series, sign up for the online conference to get the book recommendations, the additional articles on diet, lifestyle, nutrition, bioidentical hormones, um, and just let me know what your questions are and your thoughts are, okay? Thanks for hanging with me. It's been a long one, but a blessed one, I hope. And I'm thrilled um, to hear from you, your questions, especially Nicole and Gail and the others who chimed in with very personal things that broke my heart. I hope that this has given you a place of hope to start and maybe move along a path of healing, more energy, and all those things that are going wrong to just get better. Okay? God bless you all. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Wardy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at TradCookSchool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy. Or send an email to wardy at askwardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of Ask Wardy, go to askwardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at tradcookschool on the Periscope app or go to periscope.tv slash tradcookschool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcasts app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wardy too. Thanks so much. God bless you. And I'll see you next week.